Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Good morning, everyone. It's the one and only V, the Grill Economist, coming to you live on this edition of Markets of Mayhem. Brace yourselves. The one and only Algo Cowboy is here, and you can find him lurking within the Rogue News Discord. If you need to get into the Rogue News Discord, I should have put that link in the description box, but I didn't, and I totally forgot, because my right-hand man, the main man, the one and only El Cuco himself, is not yet returned yet, but he will soon, folks. He will return to Rogue very soon. And with that being said, also, uh, Cowboy. What is going on, brother? How are you? Uh, doing good. How about yourself? I'm trying to run the Starship Enterprise. But my I, hot, I don't but think my, uh, my I don't think we're on YouTube Sulu. right now. Huh? I don't think we're on YouTube right now. No, we are on YouTube, dude. I'm on YouTube. I'm on Twitch. Just give it a second to refresh. Uh, there it goes. Okay, it yeah, populated. Yeah. My bad. Yeah, yeah. We're, there's always a delay between live and, you know, when we, when we hit the live button, there's always like a 10-second delay. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, man. So we're everywhere. Okay. We're on YouTube, DLive, Facebook, Twitch. Uh, we're going to be on Google well, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. We're everywhere. You want us to be plus a bag of chips, you know, that is us. We're the chip with the dip. You know, grab my <laughs> hip. I'll grab your hip. When I dip, you dip, we dip. <laughs> Freak nasty. <laughs> anyway, yeah. good morning, everyone. How's everyone doing? I hope you guys are having a great morning. Cowboy, what's going on, buddy? Ah, uh, you know, it's uh, it's been a fun week. Uh, you know, it seems that you know I, I do kind of the non-investment advice. Remember, anything we say on the show is not investment advice. So please contact your licensed investment advisor before risking your capital on markets because you can lose money. Uh, but we do a sort of a financial entertainment educational show here, and the news cycle seems to kind of happen on Monday. So by the time it comes to me. Most everybody is reported on everything, and that's fine because, you know, people get like the basic flyover. By the time it comes to me, we get to dig just a little bit deeper and to kind of find out who's who, what's what, Qui Bono and Qui got screwed. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Qui Bono, Qui got screwed. I like that. I like that. <laughs> so we, we'll dig into that today uh, with regard to crypto and uh, to S&B and uh, our Credit Suisse. But do you, t- I don't know if you want to share. Uh, you gave me some predictions on the next uh, European dominoes to fall. Did you want to talk about that, or is that uh, under undercover right now? No, we can bring it up. Uh, here's the funny part. Do you have that link that I sent to you? Uh, I have it. I'm sure I do. But which one are you talking about? Uh, 
the 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 next European. Oh, I'll just talk about. It. I don't. It was I, just a text. You just told yeah, me yeah, which yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't. There's no. I'll tell you right now. <clears throat> Some of you probably already know this. <clears throat> the next big shoe to fall. Okay. Now here's the funny thing, uh, cowboy. Um, you remember when when UBS did that shotgun merger acquisition of uh, Credit Suisse, and Credit Suisse is no more, right? Yeah, it was basically like a mutual uh, <laughs> violation. Yes, it was a mutually consensual uh, grape. The <laughs> word, you know, non consensual, like non consensual like graping. It's like two sets of parents. Yeah, it's a shotgun wedding. That's what it was. Oh yeah, it was a shotgun wedding. Except uh, it's like the the groom devours the bride, so to speak, in yeah. non sexual ways. But <laughs> in a cannibalistic sort of way. Okay. So <clears throat> you remember what happened to the credit default swaps or the collateralized debt obligation, uh, collateralized debt obligations and the credit default swaps that were under UBS? They started spiking because of it. It's almost as if as UBS was, was forced to merge and buy out, um, Credit Suisse. So people were people were making moves. People were making moves, and it's as if they were on the verge of bankruptcy doing it. Now the question becomes, who the hell is going to bail out UBS? Because if you have one zombie devour another zombie, you still got a zombie. You just got a bigger zombie now, right? And it doesn't really fix any of the systematic or fundamental problems. UBS is just as dirty as Credit Suisse. UBS is just as dirty because they have been caught red-handed several times funneling money to USIS in Iraq. A lot of that money that found its way to USIS was uh, shuffled backwards back to UBS and then from UBS back to Washington, D.C. to the coffers of certain U.S. politicians. This is all public knowledge, okay, but not widely reported and you know shoved under the mattress as if it's some sort of a conspiracy theory. It's not. We also know the fact that UBS was, you, you know, they're 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 like uh, some of the most slimiest players in the game. They'll do anything, uh, and then it's interesting to see that this zombie institution is now a systemic risk. The question then becomes, what's the next big bank to blow? Well, there is one big bank who I hate personally as well, and it's Santander. Santander Bank is a, is, a, is a Spanish bank. It's one of the largest banks in the world. They are another massive zombie institution. And they are holding a great deal also of not only the Credit Suisse debt, <clears throat> but they're also holding investments and shares in UBS. This is a big problem. Not only that, Santander is one of the biggest underwriters of some of the worst auto loans in the country, in the United States, uh, they're involved in a lot of subprime debt markets here in the U.S. because they thought it was a great way, right, to make some fast money quick. And, um, and that's the problem with fast money, folks. Fast money just uh, it, 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 doesn't, uh, it doesn't pay out very well very quickly. And now Santander is in great, great debt. So if Santander goes, the next two to fail is Commerce Bank and, of course, the giant Deutsche Bank. Deutsche Bank, who's been a walking zombie since 2008, uh, is the next to blow. They're, and, and they're so systemically screwed, now that the German economy is getting killed, 
a lot of the commercial real estate loans that were underwritten in Germany that were done by Deutsche Bank are also set to blow. It's a huge problem. So this is the, the, the successive chain of events. Now, if Deutsche Bank goes, you could see that blowing back into the UK. That could affect Standard Charter. That could affect um, Royal Bank of Scotland. That could affect um, Barclays. And then if Barclays goes, that's a blowback to the U.S. That affects J.P. Morgan. That affects uh, Citibank. That affects Bank of America. So overall, the picture is this. The Western banking system is a ticking time bomb. It is nothing but systemic risk. There's no way of managing it. You cannot offload it. You cannot, you know, uh, there's no no more road to kick the can down. That road is starting to shorten up big time cowboy and that's where we're at all right well uh, we can get into this in a bit of a granular fashion because there are some other people that ended up having to hold that um that <laughs> well in in this particular case it's the at1 bonds yeah. um you know nobody really knows like who bought and owned those but there is some speculation um so i know the first thing that i want to show is how contagion spreads in the banking system, right? And so I got a video here that I am gonna show. Give me one second here. All right, I'm gonna, I have to make sure that I remember to, uh, you know, to share and add the audio. <clears throat> okay, screen is shared, sir. Yeah, I will add it to the screen. What in God's name? Yeah, here, it's gonna start over here in a second. Oh my God, what the hell? All right, so. It played by itself, which ruined the surprise, but watch this. So one bank decides to, you know, and, and we'll say the main bank or one of the main banks goes ahead and uses like toxic assets to back their whole situation, especially after 2008, what they kind of used was a, a toxic asset. And instead of following what the BIS put into place in the, what, 2011, I think, which was Basel three, mm-hmm. they haven't even implemented the most of the key risk mitigating factors in Basel three yet. Um, they pushed it forward. It was originally going to be like, I don't know, 2020, 2021 and pandemic hit and they pushed it to 2022 and they still haven't implemented them yet. I don't think. Um, so you have just, they, they, they put gasoline on the fire and, and this is what it looks like right here. This person cooking right here, all these other banks, just kind of watching this bank do their thing. Oh, maybe maybe make this go better. Hold on, let me add some fuel. The hell? And they put they got the wrong bottle. Boom! Oh shit! What in God's name? How did that happen? <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know what's in that bottle. It looks like a water bottle. Um, so you know, there's a good chance what that might actually be is a grease fire. Um, and somehow, I don't know. I, honestly, How did I, was everybody bathing, bathing in like nail polish remover? They have their clothes washed in like alcohol. <laughs> like it's I, like I everyone, what, the whole room spontaneously combusted. Yeah, there was some kind of, uh, you know, there was something in the air. There was enough oxygen, obviously, and then some kind of uh, fuel in the air. And uh, it all caught. Um, so, you know, that's that's something else. Thanks, VM. Thanks for the welcome back. Um, here's another another one to look at. That look on your face when someone tells you gas went from one dollar and eighty six cents to three seventy nine in ten months because the economy is doing better. Oh, <laughs> 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 I 
god. That's good, right? Dude, that fire on that last video. That was the Fed pour. That was the Fed pouring liquidity. Go ahead. I want to show the this is the Fed. These are all the banks, the zombie institutions. They're all lying dead. They're all on the verge of collapse. They're all on life support. And the Fed's like, look, these banks are on life support. Let's inject some liquidity. The last guy. <laughs> that's a, that's Deutsche Bank running out loud. It's, it's yeah, Deutsche Bank. <laughs> yeah, we are. We are the German banks, and we we want to be the British so bad. I'm going to teach my children the British nursery rhymes. I'm a little teapot, short and stout. Here short is my ballsack, and here is my spout. <laughs> oh, that look on your face. Yeah, yeah the economy is doing great. I don't know if you know that, cowboy. Oh shoot! It's just a—it's a vast right. If you don't think that the economy is doing good, you're part of some sort of vast right-wing conspiracy. Okay, that's all Mm -hmm. I gotta say. Yeah, you got that tinfoil on real tight, don't you? Yeah, I mean, you sound like a conspiracy theorist if you don't think that the economy is doing great, cowboy. Yeah, there's uh, there's some good memes out. Like I should have had it ready, but uh, you can find it over on Discord and. it's something along the lines of like running out of conspiracy theories because they're all coming true. Yeah. The sci- <laughs> We're not going to have any more after 2025. <laughs> yeah. Scientists warned that the world is running out of conspiracy theories because it's all coming true. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So funny. Um, crazy, man. Oh, you know what? We, you didn't play this yesterday. Should I play what? the, uh, yeah, yeah, play the it. Jerome pal? Yes. Oh yes. Yes. Okay. I gotta. I may have to work on the share screen here. Give me a second. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Do your thing. Do your thing like a chicken wing. Okay, and do this. Hold on a second. Good morning. Turn up the volume. Hopefully, everybody can hear this. Give me one second. I'm gonna turn up all the volumes on the system. I don't know that I can make this any larger. So. Oh. No, oh, perfect. Good. <laughs> this is a speech right. from uh, Jerome Powell. Get ready, everyone. This is a message. Uh, Cowboy and I were privy to this. We were sitting in the audience when uh, Jerome spoke this. Go ahead. Play. That's right. I'm using my my iPhone uh, 3 because that's just the tech that we have here in America. All right, here we go. First off, fuck your bitch and the click you claim. I am here today, despite the blackout before FOMC, to tell you regards not to pump the market. If you pump the market... I will have to bitch slap you on Wednesday. Let me take this opportunity to tell you that I already sold at the top. And me and my fellow Fed buddies are looking to get back in long once the market bottoms at 3600 Yeah, that's the JPM collar put leg for those of you keeping track at home. Me and Jamie Diamond plan for this. So if you WSB twats, pump the market Monday and Tuesday because you've been listening to Jam Cross Ant and believe in Vanna and Charm Flows, I'm going to put on my Walker mask and come fuck your moms on Wednesday. <laughs> also, we bail out the banks, but you fuckwads better not pump the stock market on this news. Okay, enough. I got to go. I got an appointment. Nick from Wall Street Journal is coming over to suck my dick for some scoops. Always remember, fuck your putts. Fuck your calls. Jay Powell has you by the balls. God bless my money printer. <laughs> <laughs> Let's fucking call Jay Powell's got you by the balls. Yes, ain't that the truth, <laughs> dude? I, I can't believe you didn't play that on Cuss with Gus yesterday, man. That no, was I, I, I didn't know how to pull it up, and 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 you know, Gus just goes out the gates at 100 miles an hour, 
and I totally yeah, yeah. You, you got to prime them. You got to prime them. Yeah, yeah, it has to be primed before, otherwise you miss it. <laughs> that's cuss with Gus material right there, dude. That is cuss with Gus material. That is amazing. That's amazing. You know, my, my shows are not generally so profane. You know, <laughs> at least I try to keep it that way. Um, so let's see what else we got here. Oh yeah, this is great. I got to zoom a little out on this one. Um, says on the top of, I like men who take risks. I'm a <laughs> managed portfolio for a regional bank. Really <laughs> <laughs> great, oh right? Oh my god, <coughs> I'm dying. That's great. Dying. Oh now, uh, before we get into uh, financial news too far, I do have to put out just I, I want to congratulate the blue of the blue cities because they're so loving and they're so so caring and so progressive and so trendy let's not forget trendy oh yeah so trendy yes um apparently and uh let me see here i got this from uh uh, walking flores's channel uh transit train halts due to fentanyl smoke endangering commuters (laughs) people are smoking fentanyl on tinfoil on their mass transit dude they actually had to stop mass transit because people are getting contact high from fentanyl. Oh my god, bro! You got dude. Me. Smoking on tin. By the way, aluminum foil. Think about it this way. You know, hey, you know, I have my past with substances like any other person or like most other people. But damn, dude, like tin foil or aluminum foil. I should say, like, okay, so there's a, a pretty strong link between aluminum foil and aluminum in anything uh like say if you cook with it or if you touch yeah. it or use it or anything that comes in contact with you with amyloid plaques and amyloid plaques of course are what people find when they dissect uh in a what do you call that an autopsy kind of situation for somebody who had alzheimer's uh alzheimer's alzheimer's i never say that right at least i don't say old timers like some people um but yeah that's uh smoking on tinfoil so yeah that you're portland way to go way to go portland it's, it's progressive. Right. What's wrong with it, man? It's so liberal. It's so trendy. It's so progressive. It's so trendy. It's well, you don't. I mean, every every you know every small town in America needs to have a train where you can smoke fentanyl. I don't know about <laughs> you, cowboy. I mean, <laughs> it's progressive. I don't we'll know what the, big deal the is. I don't know the fentanyl bill. Like freaking. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> let's let's pioneer the fentanyl bill. That's something or we can that call it. Uh, we can call it. Uh, pulling a liberal train on your state. Oh, yes. Yes. Yep. No. Yeah, cocaine, pipe smoking. Yeah, same thing, Robbie. People just don't know anything. Um, so now back into the more relevant news. So we, I had this ahead of time yesterday. Um, I sent it to, to V ahead of time. And this is the, look, this is something that I've been feeling and I didn't have the words for it until kind of someone else said it recently, but uh, it was Russell Brand. The news, the media, the mass media, it treats us like children. Have you ever felt that way? Oh, all the time. Like, okay, so when I was a kid, I had the super liberal like teacher. Um, and it's just, I got an experience. I was in California, you know, SoCal. And, and there were some kids in the class. There's this one kid named Matt. And he was like this little freaking, he wasn't gay, but he was gay. Like everything about him was gay, but um, he liked girls or he thought he did. But it's just, dude, there's this attitude, right? 
where I'm the authority and believe what I say and what oh, I say God. is true and, you know, and white males are bad, all that stuff that, that I've been experiencing from a young age. So I've known some shit was wrong for a long time. Cause like what, you know, I, and I got the racism thing for what black people dealt with. I didn't really get what black people dealt with. Cause I don't, I'm not black. I never could, but from a certain well, standpoint, you're, I'm like, you're, why you're am I almost, being treated this way? You're almost, you know, you could say you're probably, you know, a straight white male. It's like I'm like right now. As no, far there, as, there's you know, some there's some North African. You you are the Sicilian scallion after all. Actually, my family comes from a region of Sicily that is further south than Tunisia. So there's that. Ah, um, <laughs> yeah. So you know that's there, there's that, and that's fine. But you know whatever it is, you just you get this you get this experience of like you're being treated a certain way because the color of your skin, and, and you know that's like the opposite. It's it was always you know white people were not well. Let's just say white people used to be treated the best because of the color of their skin. And now it's flipped around because some people think that two wrongs make a right. I learned in kindergarten that two wrongs don't make a right. But in the end, what I got and what I continue to get throughout school in that area of the country was they, they, they continue to treat you like children. Um, They, they spew their stuff and they believe it or they convince themselves that they should believe it and they expect you to believe it. And, and it kind of translates into the whole leadership of the country when they tell us, all these silly things we're supposed to believe like Russia blew up their own pipeline. You know, it's, it, I mean, they treat us like children. So here's an example from a financial standpoint, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and again, I relate the story when I was a kid because I got, I, I felt that there was something wrong with the matrix from like fourth grade. You know, I got it super early, um, you know, cause I was raised by people who think they're conservative. And so, you know, I had those kind of views anyway. So this is the red line of what Powell's speech was supposed to, you know, the summary of his speech, the key aspects of his speech. And the red line is what they changed, right? So they had this all written out ahead of time. And then they had things that were crossed out. And they had things that were written that are read and underlined, which is what they changed. And the one I'm just, because I could go through this whole thing. Um, and basically what they've done is they've kind of tempered the language uh, they, they want to keep things down a certain path, but this is where they te- treat you like a children here in this second kind of longer, um, you know, this longer paragraph. And it also shows you when they wrote this, they wrote this probably two months ago. I don't know, because they wrote this before, uh, at least I'm assuming that they wrote this before the, the banking issue that we're having. Cause originally they were going to give us a reason why things are going badly and they crossed it out and it says russia's war against ukraine is causing tremendous human and economic hardship and is contributing to elevated global uncertainty the committee is and then they had highly attentive to inflation risks so that was the reason quote unquote that they had before but they crossed that out and now what they're saying is they're they're uh talking about the banking issue the uh, smb and all that the U.S. banking system is sound and resilient. Recent developments are likely to result in tighter credit conditions for households and businesses and to weigh on economic activity, hiring, inflation. The extent of these effects is uncertain. The committee remains and then highly attentive to inflation risk. Um, so it's just they just want to put a story in front of you. They needed a reason. So they like pulled Ukraine out of their ass. Right. But now they have a reason that makes more sense. It's closer to home. And they start talking about the banking being the reason for the risks. So what the point is, is that this was written some time ago, like several weeks ago, apparently. Yeah. I don't know for sure. That's my guess. And the what was going to happen was already ordained in a certain sense. At least the attitude, at least the attitude of the presser was already ordained. And then they just, you know, so it's like they put this, oh, well, Russia's war against Ukraine is causing... 
that's that makes me feel like what do you do you think i'm freaking stupid like all this these stories they put in front of us in the mainstream media i i it's so patronizing dude like i i, I mean i still get upset about it and that is not something most people get upset about most oh yes well i guess russia's war is causing this and that and the other like you know they they eat it up so anyway just I, mean, want to I mean you gotta i mean dude i mean critical thinking is is out the window completely you know it, oh it, no it's, critical race theory there it's, it's oh here. critical thinking is gone that's right they replaced it with critical race instead of critical yes. think mm-hmm. you know i'm tired of racism i felt a lot of racism growing up you know I really did. Everybody yeah, thought you, I was you. You can say that. Yeah, I'm um, a uh, you know big gorilla, and people thought I was uh, you know I'm just tired of it being treated like a second class hominid. Yeah, well, and what they've done is, you know, I, my sister's is very far on the left hand side when it comes to that kind Why of stuff. Why is everybody's sister far on the left? Everybody knows they're know females. Because they're females. Like females are more empathetic than men. And so they buy that the story that people to me. it is completely sexist. They females are superpower. They have a superpower of empathy. Oh, they, they are amazing beings. It's actually true. They're they're more empathetic than we are. They're no, much better they're more, people. They're more uh, they're all about consensus where men are not. Well, they, okay, so it's been shown in studies, and I don't have any here, but females are actually more socially adaptable. So, you know, yeah. you take like you you know, the, the guy who's yelling at the clouds despite everybody else around him, that's always a guy like you don't have females on the street, you know, screaming out of the end is nigh. And it's always a dude, you know, females are going to go with the crowd. You know what I'm saying? Like it's females are going to go with the crowd. It's just, it's, I I don't know. It probably has some evolutional psychology issue, whatever it is. But the point is, is that my sister is on the left like that. And so she always goes for the underdog and she feels that uh, people have been violated. You know, I'm not saying that people haven't been racially discriminated against. That's very clear in our history. So we're not saying that didn't happen, but we we're watching the Star Wars movies. I'm like, why did they ruin Star Wars? Especially they the one that killed Ryan, it, they killed it. Ryan they Johnson is one it. of my favorite directors. Ryan Johnson did Looper. He did Brick. He's done uh, those Knives Out movies. I, I like the guy. Like his movies are great. Yeah, but, but it, got, Star- it was it was under Kathleen Kennedy. Kathleen Kennedy headed a Disney Star Wars, and mm. and that bitch is about to get fired because. They absolutely wrecked it. Movie they ruined the Rise of Skywalker. Ain't no freaking Luke Skywalker in there. Like they Mm-mm. only had to. I mean, dude, it was just terrible, man. No, Luke Skywalker drinking blue milk out of some weird tit. Yeah, you know, it's like freaking weird. He's like, yeah, he just was like, like all anyways, the men are incompetent idiots, and you got this stupid kid, uh, uh, this this young girl who. Magically you do no wrong. knows everything. Magically, it's just I can't stand she it. She trained for five minutes and beats yeah. a Sith Lord. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, she, that's like a Pollyanna thing. It's just some girl that can do no wrong. You know. Yeah, um, exactly. It's no you know, one-dimensional character. No dynamic aspects at all. No dark None. side. None. You know, Luke. Stupid. Luke was like he got tempted by the dark side. He almost went to their. You know, he actually had a battle. This 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 Pollyanna just goes to kind of John Wayne everybody and just goes and kicks ass. Exactly. You know, so exactly. and my sister being on that. And so I, I was complaining. I'm like, dude, they ruined this. Like, especially that one that Ryan Johnson did. Like every female is this perfect character. They're all morally, you know, on the high ground. Every man is like flawed somehow. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, this is so stupid. Why is this? And she goes, Well. Uh, the men were in charge for so long, then it's the women's turn. I'm like, okay, so there and, is you no know, turn. I, 
here's People the thing about it. Nuts. It's two wrongs don't make a right. No, it doesn't make a right. And not only that, it's not reality. Oh, it's that's not also reality. True. You know what I'm saying? It's, <laughs> no. it's, it's the stupidest thing in the world. It's, 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 look, even in places like Sweden, I'm not, I don't want to get all Jordan Peterson on everyone, but, you know, Sweden did that long, lengthy study for the last 30, 40 years where they're trying to go for gender equality in all these fields. And, um, and what happens? Even then, women still went into, you know, the the social type, you know, social work and 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 uh, nursing and all these other things. Men went to more STEM. That's not saying there there aren't no females in STEM. There are no. Women there's outliers. That, there's there's outliers, outliers, but that's not the yeah. norm. You know. No, my wife went into STEM. My wife's yeah. a freaking. She's a scientist, like mm-hmm. licensed. You know. Yeah. She, <laughs> no, there are women that go into STEM. You know, and and uh, and 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 it, it's it's not the the norm. You know, even no. when they when they try to force it and, and incentivize it, it still doesn't work out like that because it's just the way the pre predilections are, you know, with uh, the male and female mind. Um, yeah, so it it's it just is. it is what it is. So you know that that's that. I mean, I know we're, that's we, we veered off from the financial path. And by the way, um, before we get too far, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of just gloss over a few articles to give a gestalt and to remind you that we've been talking about things for months mm-hmm. that are now happening. Um, but also towards the end of the show, everybody kind of mark down what you want to see in the charts. I'm not going to give any investment advice, but V and I are going to um, actually go over um, the, you know, some charts people want to see. Uh, Hubble Sermons wants me to do the Ben Shapiro voice. My, my wife's a scientist. That's just what it is. You know, and uh, and so we well, we got out of California because my wife's a scientist. All right. That's enough Ben Shapiro for you. Um, <laughs> all right. So we got <clears throat> one of the themes that I've been doing over the last like month or two are things that are moving in tandem that should not be and things that are moving inversely that should be moving in tandem. Um, and we, we touched on this last week, but jobless claims data continues to ignore the fed. Yeah. So, you know, based on expectations of what's going on based on raising rates. Um, and again, Gus did a good job outlining what happened with the banks. Right. So when you bring out new, uh, new bonds, right? And you increase the interest rate. Those bonds have a better yield and the prior bonds, it, they are not worth as much. So all of a sudden the capital that you're holding is worth less. And then every time they hike the rates that happens. And so the collateral these banks had against the rest of their book shrunk by whatever percentage it was. And that's why these banks ended up insolvent. And the biggest issue is in the regulatory uh, framework, they were not required they were not required, excuse me, I had to get rid of that frog. They were not required to uh, to mark that devaluation as a loss. And of course, if you're a big company and you're a bank and you run on faith alone, because the banks run on faith alone these days, um, all you have to do is not report losses and your books look good. And if, yeah, if you can hide your losses, that's great. And so that's what happened. Um, so that's the brief, you know, that's why these banks went down because their collateral shrunk and then they didn't have enough to cover their uh, their liabilities. So um, initial jobless claims dropped again last week, right? So the Fed keeps like the, the market keeps going down. Banks keep, you know, banks are now failing. Uh, tech companies are laying people off. I think Meta is another one that's going to lay off again. I forget. It's one of the main companies. I know that the financial companies are laying people off and yet jobless claims are actually going down. Um, there are a couple of things with that. Number one, the the information is probably fake. It's probably just, you know, 
manipulated, but even if it's not manipulated, what we're finding is people are going from one job with benefits that pays really well to like two or three jobs in sort of the gig economy or the part-time economy with probably no benefits. So you see these, these liars figure and figures lie. It's an old saying, right? So when you see jobless claims going out, the market is strong, Uh, gas doubled and the market is strong. Like, okay, you got to cut the data up and statistics is actually what I went to university for. So econometrics and regression models. Um, Here's another one. New home sales unexpectedly quote unquote rose in February, medium price rebounds. So, you know, again, uh, let's see, it's also regionalized, right? Um, The homes sold in the Northeast plunged to the lowest since June. Okay. So what's the Northeast? Oh, that's just one big blue turd on the map, right? So the areas that are you know, now California is a blue turd, but it has good weather. So their real estate tends not but to go down. That's the problem, Callie. It yeah. always bewitches me. Yeah. Well, there's another problem. You know, we, you and I talked about this a little bit. Um, so basically, you're like, you know, my family's there. Um, you know, I would love to, <laughs> I would love to be with my family and all that, but it's, it's highly polluted. So yeah. they don't have a lot of water. And then they have like 30 million people in a very small area. And even though it's a beautiful area, all those people, uh, half of them are taking birth control. And then you have xenoestrogens going into the water, which are extremely oh, difficult to filter out. Tasty. And then you're going to shower in that. Yes. You know, and then on top of that, and that's just one pollutant. I know uh, in an area close to where I lived in kind of the other side of the tracks, um, there's a company that was putting out hexavalent chromium not that long ago. And oh, then that same better. city. Oh, that, isn't that great? And, and that was that was certain people. And uh, we know people who actually got cancer in that area. And then on top of that, I mean, there's a million things I could point to, but the air pollution. Um, so yeah, sure. It's beautiful to be in, you know, like LA or even areas outside of that, like uh, Paul over there uh, on the, in the comments in the YouTube over in uh, Santa Barbara. I love Santa Barbara. I got family in Montecito, by the way. Um, so, you know, Montecito has got the closest, uh, the tightest cluster of billionaires, I think in the world per square mile. Um, but no, New York, Montecito, man. yeah, look into it. New York, uh, I got an uncle, he built a house on the same street as one of Oprah's houses. Just New York, you know, New York, by the way. He came from nothing, by the way. He, he, my uncle is not. Yeah, what, did a, you hear uh, me? Yo, what happened? I said, uh, New York has the highest concentration of billionaires in the entire country. No, I think it's per square mile, though. No, in Montecito, Montecito, no. I think it, if not now, at one Manhattan point, it did have itself that. has 154 billionaires in just Manhattan, but they're all Democrats, they don't count. Oh, yeah, they're all. They don't count. They don't count. Let's say, let's say Montecito may have the highest uh, concentration of not idiot billionaires, right? Well, here's the thing. Those billionaires that I re- referenced to all cutting aside, those guys are all Wall Street guys. They're all finance guys. Those are all sharks. All of them. Oh, yeah. No, I'm just I'm, I'm joking around. Yeah. Um, VM using filters on your water. Yeah, we use I actually have a two stage filtration. It cost me about five or six grand um, there. What we did was we actually tested the water in my area because I live in farmland and we're on well water. And so I had to, you know, we didn't know we actually had to have it tested. And so because of the cattle raising practices, there's a fair amount of arsenic in our soil. So I just had uh, two separate standalones that take out the two main toxins and then a larger filter. And that goes into the house for like the showers and, you know, all that stuff. Um, but it's extremely hard without using a reverse osmosis system to take out xenoestrogens, AKA 
um, I think it's diestrogen, whatever it is, E2. It's what, it's what, so these people take birth control women and then, you know, I don't know, at least 80% of the women I'm totally guessing here. And then they pee it into the toilet, which goes into eventually the groundwater. And you can't separate that out without reverse osmosis. So unless you want to put an RO system on your house, then you're going to be showering in xenoestrogens. If you live in California, that's just it. So I moved to, I kind of moved to the sticks and I moved away from the nearest city. Um, and then I have the filtration system into the house for the larger toxins. And then I have an RO versus osmosis. That's a special one under the sink. And, uh, that that's the drinking water. So you live in California, you ain't getting away from that. Not unless you want to spend a ton of money on a massive reverse osmosis system that filters all the water that goes into your showers. And then you're going to get away from hexavalent chromium, all the industry. LA has got a huge industry section. You just, you know, California's screwed, dude, unless you want to go live in like mammoth. And then you're living in California under their laws where they can take your kids away for, you know, not having certain injections. And stuff. But that's I mean, so that's loving. So lo it's not, it's a long, it's on the books. They haven't, but I think it's worth yet. the 70 degrees all year round, bro. I'm just they got 70 <laughs> degrees all year round in Medellin. Uh, Plata or Plomo. Uh, uh, Plato, please. Yeah, uh, so that's why you, you know. say Platano, I'll have some Platano bananas or lead. <laughs> <laughs> What yeah. kind of narco are if you? If I ever become, if I ever, be, if I ever go down south and become a narco trafficker and a drug lord, that's that's gonna be my line. Platanos <laughs> <laughs> y plomo. Platanos <laughs> <laughs> o plomo. Like, do I want bananas or lead? You gonna put one of those in me? <laughs> <laughs> your choice. You. Oh, jeez. It's gonna be your choice, chico. <laughs> um, a little bit more about the Swiss. Okay, so this is something to understand about the the what this the, the there's a bail-in and a bailout so i think it was like 50 billion i forget the number but some number the fed actually gave to snb quietly and then the snb backstopped um the new hybrid zombie frankenstein bank that they created over there and i think they backstopped it to the tune of 100 billion um However, there was also a bail-in when this happened. And this bail-in was designed to be a bail-in when it happened. And these are called AT1 bonds. So, and I highlighted here on this uh, article, it says, these are tier one, by the way. These AT1 bonds, let's review what a tier one asset is. BIS changed in 2019, I think it was, gold from a tier three to a tier one asset. Tier three means that if you have $100 million in gold, you can it will show up on your asset sheet as $50 million. So it's a 50% uh, valuation, right? Yeah. Um, a tier, I don't know what tier two is, but tier one is 100% valuation. And gold was moved to tier one, I think it was 2019. And curiously, in 2018, central banks bought more gold than they had in the prior 60 years. So that's what a tier one asset is. AT1 bonds were actually a tier one asset and they had a pretty yummy uh, uh, yield. So a lot of billionaires around the world were buying them. And we just talked about some banks. Uh, v, you mentioned like uh, Santander, um, Deutsche Bank, uh, you know, Commerce Bank. Those I think are all holding those AT1s, or at least they were before they were zeroed out. But interestingly enough, these AT1s were created as a hybrid debt. Let me zoom this in. Hold on a minute so people can actually read what's on the screen. Oh, oh wow. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's really big. Zoom. So when AT1s were created as a hybrid debt instrument after the financial crash of 2008, their whole purpose was to give banks greater capital flexibility in the event of crises and for the bonds to be bailed in in case of need. Now, how many, I want, this is my question, and we're going to get into who bought these because the, the answer is really nobody knows, um, but there's a lot of pretty good guesswork out there. So 
how many of the people who bought for billions of dollars these AT1 bonds that are now worth $0? They took 100% loss on these as far as I know. How many of these people knew that it was created for a bail-in in the case of an emergency? How many people who bought those knew that they were playing with fire? Hmm. What do you think? Do you think they were told that? No, they were told it's, uh, it, it's a good investment, uh, that uh, it's a tier one security, everything's great, so on and so forth. Yeah, so and now, here's, now here's some information on who may have bought those. We'll get a little further into this. Now, in the, in the mortgage, the 2008 crisis, uh, China took a massive L on that. In yeah. fact, there are theories that the, in, the mortgage-backed securities, that whole story, go, you know, we don't need to get into that. It's been covered for years now. Uh, 15 to be precise. Um, the Chinese bought a ton of those and took a massive L. It was like a weaponized financial bomb and Chinese, China took a hit. Well, look at this. This is on, uh, let me see. This is Bloomberg. Um, and it's an opinion piece. And this is all guesswork. So, you know, but it says this leads us to the ultra rich. So they're guessing who bought it and who didn't. Um, and in this case, uncommonly, it was the general public that did not buy it. Although the general public's going to take a hit anyway, because shit rolls downhill. But uh, when they're, they go through who did and who didn't and all this, and the conclusion here is that it leads us to the ultra-rich, wealthy individuals, as well as small to mid-sized family offices in Hong Kong and Singapore have gobbled them up, and a lot of them are in shock, quote-unquote, according to the Financial Times. J.P. Morgan Chase and company concurs, commenting in a recent report that we do not have data on who holds AT1, but we expect it to be held by institutional investors as well as private bank clients. So just like notes issued by Chinese, real, I'm still reading here, just like notes issued by Chinese real estate developers, AT1 bonds are tempting in that they offer juicier coupon payments than plain vanilla deposits. One Credit Suisse bond issued last year that was paying 9.75%. That was oh, particularly good. popular. I mean, oh, yeah. dude, that's a great yield in the world of bonds. I that's like, like that. Yeah, think about that. Oh, 9.75, holy crap. But here's the thing. Up? Here's the thing about it, like, you deal with family offices. I, I mean, I don't really, I know like one, but this is more your, you know, territory and they tend to be pretty well informed. That's, that's what it seems to me. You're billionaires. I have billionaires in my family. I have one self-made came from nothing billionaire. I don't have any old money in my family. It's all, you know, it's, it's just hustlers in my family, but Look, you know, man, they, they I mean, seem honestly, to honestly speaking, a lot of the CIOs of uh, family offices hate, hate my guts because I come in there and, and I'm, such a contrarian to their their model and their motive their their model of of investing that because there's such a consensus because this jerk off in this family office who is a cio he's going to talk to another guy at another family office who's also a cio they're all investing in the same shit it's such so they're a not that well informed then they're not at all they're oh, not at all well that's yep. at least <laughs> dude that tells me what i need to know so the uh, dude, this was a direct affront. These AT1 bonds, I mean, it was done, you know, it was put into place, I think, by Europe. These are European deal. Um, you know, Europe is where Davos is, and you know, uh, we can talk a little bit about Luongo's theory, but uh, long and the short of it is, it looks like this was a financial bond, uh, a financial bomb that a lot of Asian billionaires bought and that, that Europe created because they're taking a complete L on this. It says here, for years, Asia's wealthy have been the profit center at Credit Suisse's crown jewel wealth management division. They have been shaken by this fallout, unsure for weeks whether their money was safe with the Swiss bank. Now, some may be looking at actual loss to the tune of billions of dollars. They still have faith in their private bankers. Um, you know, so crazy. 
it's crazy, right? So that's, I mean, you're, dude, they're, they're, they're going for broke, dude. They're willing to piss off those people. Cause that's not, you don't, dude, you start, you start giving billionaires to take L's like that, you know, that you're losing trust. Yeah. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I mean, unless you are given the money, if you became a billionaire from nothing, then chances are you're pretty smart. You're not going to get screwed twice. Um, we're going to change. Well, I mean, I'll let you, if you have an opinion on that, please no, give it. No. Otherwise I'll move on. No, no, keep going. This is beautiful. I love this. Gee, who, who warned of this months ago, like a year ago? I think it's like this banana eating gorilla. Hey, platano y pluma. <laughs> <laughs> platano o plomo. <laughs> Bananas are lead. <laughs> what do you want inside of you? Oh, no. Or you want some lead? <laughs> oh yeah, Eric. Eric uh, says we lost Mexico. Yeah, Mexico is now. Um, you know they're gonna go. They're, they're hinting that they're gonna go bricks on us. Oh yeah. Um, they're our neighbor though. We're Tio del Norte, so I don't know how that's gonna go. But they're at least gonna you know work with them. Uh, they might. Mexico might kind of be like our Hong Kong. I mean our uh, our Taiwan because I understand Ta China actually kind of likes Taiwan where it is because then their oligarchs can actually make a bunch of money through Taiwan without having to go through the strict Chinese path. Um, but that may change. Uh, but yeah, cash pours out of ESG funds. Um, I'll just put this chart on. I'm not going to get too deep. Oh, into this. look wanna... at that. Yeah, that's a big turd. Gee, who does that affect? <laughs> a schmack rock? Uh, Whitestone? Whitestone, I think it is. Oh, that's what it is. Whitestone. That's right. Yeah. Cra crack rock. Crack rock. <laughs> crack rock is in trouble. Yeah, we'll it's talk about everybody trouble. Everybody was out there. Ooh, black rock is the, is the testicle that's wrapping its... It's the, the, the octopus wrapping its testicles around the world. Yes, I said testicles and octopus. Well, right? oct yeah, it sounds like a you know, Japanese porn. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. So didn't you say also that knives are out? Knives for, are out. For, well, here's, here's something that's going to put the pressure on even further. Interest payments on treasury debt up 29% year over year. Boom. Think about that. Think about that. Dude, okay, so we already barely can afford the interest. I don't think we can afford it. No. Like our taxes, our, our, the, the tax collect collection, whatever the, the country's revenue, the national revenue of the treasury, like only covers the interest on the debt, mostly which we owe ourselves. So I think what they're going to do is cannibalize and just basically turn it into some new kind of debt. They'll write it down and people won't really know that they'll know something happened, but it's going to like, oh no, you're going to get your money, but we, uh, we have this new structure or whatever, right? Like, you know. People will get their social security, but it probably will buy them like a loaf of bread a week. I don't know what's going to happen. But when your debt soars up 29% year over year, shit, I want to invest in that. 29% is a great return, dude. I love it. I love yeah, it. Yeah, that's 29%. So just so you understand this, um, it is very similar to what's happening with uh, like what used to happen with the adjustable rate mortgages, right? Yeah. So you got, a, you got a mortgage at what, like 3% in 2006? And it, you know, hikes up to like five. That's like a, that's like, I don't know. That's like a 60% rise. Like, you know, your mortgage almost doubles sort of thing or whatever. Like that's, that's, so the country is, has a 30% higher mortgage than it used to. If your mortgage was 5,000, now it's going to be, I think, what is that? 6,500. So yeah, just, yeah. just think about how that works when, cause it's our tax money. And already before this happened, we were having a hard time funding the interest, right? I don't even know if we could. Now we certainly can't. Um, 
Okay, so the and we're gonna do some charts if we have time, but real quick, the crypto pylon has begun. Okay, Dang. so uh, I'm gonna zoom out a little bit because we don't need that look. So essentially, uh, the federal, the FDIC announced uh, that the uh, New York Community Bank Corp's Flagstar Bank will assume all of Signature Bank's cash deposits, except for those of crypto companies. And this is a clear message to get people away from crypto, according to uh, Mr. Frank, Barney Frank. Okay. Well, so, uh, you know, they're. According they're, to the guy who ran a brothel, a gay brothel out of his Boston home, that he had no idea that, the, that his boyfriend, his living boyfriend, was running a gay brothel with uh, underage minors, but he had no idea. But this guy's going to tell us. And here's the thing. All right, I'm going to say something here, and I don't even know if I have the clearance to say it, but I'm going to I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it, cowboy. Okay. So my business partner is very good friends with, um, and this is my uh, business partner. We're on the brokering side of things um, internationally, and um, and. Uh, he is very close friends with somebody who was an executive at Signature and who is currently working at another uh, large bank. And this bank is a large bank. It's in the, you know, I'd say in the, it's in the top 12 biggest banks in the country, and it is uh, in, in capitalization. Uh, and this gentleman is very close friends with many people that are in the FDIC. I'm going to tell you guys the real reason why Signature closed. Okay, here it is. Years ago, okay, Signature was a absolute, um, uh, okay, so this, I'm, I'm trying to word this correctly. Si Signature years ago, I, I think going back to 2018 or 19, they were doing two things. Number one, they were developing a fiat swap blockchain technology that they showed off to JP Morgan uh, for JP Morgan's JPM coin, right? For internal settlements. They were working on that because prior to that, JPM was working with Larry Summers and Blythe Masters because Blythe was, you know, convincing because she's a, a low talent hack, smart and should have been working with, with Donna Summers. You might, might as well be. You would, you would have better results working with Donna Summers and Larry Summers. Um, but they Blythe and Larry wanted to create a um, a Wall Street uh, blockchain standard that Wall Street investment banks could use to settle trade between them in real time, especially off hours. That's the key. And this is the reason why a lot of uh, crypto companies and a lot of exchanges were on Signature Bank because Signature Bank had what's called Signet. And Signet allowed real time settle trade settlement. So when the markets would close, because, you know, the crypto markets are running 24-7. It's not like freaking Wall Street where at 4.30 the, the bell rings and it's, that's it. So off-hour uh, trades can continue uh, in Signature 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It doesn't matter, right? That's the beauty of Signet. And um, that you'll have real-time settlement. And then when the banks open up on, let's just say, Monday or the next business day, all those trades would completely settle. Those trades are in place. You get those trades done. Banks open up. Bang. The accounts are already in there. They'll reflect the 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 transactions that have occurred. It's a really unique technology that they've built. It sounds like that the old school system in the pit where the tickets Bingo. are all written throughout the day, but then it settles overnight. Bingo. Exactly correct. So check this out. So Signature was developing a new type of digital currency. Right. 
and they were developing a digital dollar. Okay. They bought this digital dollar, the entire blueprints, the business plan, how to create it, how to roll out a digital dollar, how to have basically the first framework, okay, an infrastructure set up for a central bank issued a digital currency. They wrote the entire thing. They brought the entire thing directly to the FDIC and the Fed. And then the FDIC and the Fed sat on the project for a very, very, very long time, and they did nothing with it. So what I was told is that the Fed looked at signatures and said, hey, this is great, wonderful. Uh, I'll tell you what, this is cool, great, great job. I'm glad you guys developed this. Uh, we'll get back to you. And they slow walked it. And then, boom, there you go. They took Signature, they took Signet, they took all the technology, they absorbed it onto themselves, and they're selling the carcass to the uh, whoever's taking over Signature now. Uh, that's uh, New York Community Bank Corp. Flagstar Bank. And the guy, I promise you, if I was to, if I was a betting man, and I had a choice between Plantano. And plomo. And plomo. I will take the plantano and say the guy who has been taking plantano for the longest is Barney Frank. <laughs> Barney was most likely the mole that leaked all of this and all the details of this to his federal homeboys. This was an this was a technology grab, man. This was you know, the guy who told my business partner this said this was a drive-by shooting. Yeah, and then they actually cut out the best part of the assets, which is the crypto assets. Bingo. Yeah, and, and right at right as crypto is going to roll up, because I know uh, you and I were talking about. I think there's like trillions of dollars possibly planned for like crypto ETFs and whatnot. Oh yeah. Um, but here, let's talk about 14 the pile trillion, on a bit baby. More. Yeah, fourteen. That's what it was. Fourteen trillion. So uh, why don't you comment on that really quick, so people can have an idea of what fourteen trillion dollars has to do with crypto. Yeah, sure. Um, what does that have to do with crypto is this. You know, Wall Street, and I, this is what I said back in, tw- in 2018. They don't want you. You see, when the empire collapses, one of the biggest things that the empire is worried about is capital flight, right? And there's no better way to fly capital than, than crypto. And if you have access to precious metals, you know, outside of the U.S., uh, in like, let's just say you're vaulted in Switzerland, you have, you know, Switzerland or Singapore or something like that, which very few people have access to stuff like that. You know, very few people do that. Uh, you're t- talking to one of the very few. <clears throat> now, the thing with, uh, with crypto is this, you don't want to create capital flight. So what you want to do is you want to chop down right now all the on-ramps and off-ramps. Operation choke point. Yeah, all exactly. It's operation choke point for crypto, and so you're keeping everything in. So you're going to have like guys who are crypto millionaires, but they have no way of liquidating it. They have no way of liquidating their assets, and a lot of times they have no way of getting out of the country. And because they're a U.S. citizen, there's not very places they can go to open up bank accounts, so on and so forth. It's a big problem. So 
the Fed, I mean, the 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 you know Wall Street doesn't want you to hold crypto. They want you to hold. They want to hold crypto, but they want to sell you a facsimile. It's going to be just like SLV and GLD. They're going to come out with all sorts of ETF products. Hey, why do you want to? You know, look, and this is the reason why they they're creating a lot of um a lot of volatility in the crypto market because they don't want you in crypto. And then they want to drive the value of Bitcoin through the roof so nobody can afford it. Okay. And they know it's naturally going to happen anyway because Bitcoin is uh is limited. You could only mine 21 million bitcoins and that's it. You can't mine anymore, and that's that. So it's gonna have that scarcity built in. So They'll drive the value all the way up, and then they'll say to you, hey, listen, this is really expensive. This is uh, not only very expensive, but it's also like very volatile. Why do you want to invest in crypto? Here, buy this ETF. This ETF takes into account not just Bitcoin, but various other cryptos as well. It's based on an index, you know. Uh, you control it, and you, it's highly liquid, and it's backed by us. You can trust us. It's safe. And that's is the fourteen trillion <clears throat> going to ETFs or it's going to go to a a, ver- a a wide variety of offbeat crypto products from but ETFs. Do you, think, do you think any of it's going to go to actual crypto? No. If okay. the, if it does, it'll be to what they control. So this the is why they this, want. Though, we can still make good money on that. Oh hell yeah, one hundred percent. That's the power of of what Cowboy and I are launching very soon. And we're literally days away from launching it um, and literally days away from launching it, which no matter what, how they sidestep it, you'll still be able to, you know, you want to trade a crypto, you can trade a crypto. You want to, when, when wall street uh, and, and, and the government rolls out the new ETFs and whatnot, you'll be able to trade that. You'll be able to trade everything you want because the whole point is liquidity at the end of the day. Right. Oh, and if you if you stay in the U.S., you can buy as many cockroach burgers as you want when you make Absolutely. all that money. Absolutely. You know, I I went to my local my local gas station. I got I got me some uh, sour cream and onion crickets. It was delicious, crunchy. Uh, my eye, my left eye is twitching a little bit. I think it's okay. I don't think there's a correlation here. No, if but it was your right eye, that'd be a problem. That would be a prob- problem. It's just like the earring in the '80s. Left left is right, right is wrong. Oh, that's it. That's it. You know. Yeah, right eye twitches, and your buddies with Barney Frank. Yeah. Platino and Plomo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're we're uh, we're putting together some really cool stuff, and uh, we're we're gonna talk more about it when the time comes. But I think people have an idea of what's going on, and yeah. uh, we're we're definitely uh, we're excited, that's for sure. So we'll, we'll talk more about it. In fact, uh, we're getting towards the end of the show here. We got literally two minutes left. Um, I'm just gonna do a quick thing here. We got Coinbase tumbles after hours on Wells Notice disclosure. Um, let me see here. Gary Gensler repeatedly said many of the tokens and products. Okay. Long story short, they're saying Coinbase is off of securities. Yeah. He's a tool. Um, so long story short, they're, they're going after Coinbase of all things. Now Coinbase is the one that cozied up and lubed up. I warned all these assholes. And they let the government just give them the Platino all day long. All day. All day. And, and then in the end, they're going to get the Plomo. Oh yes. That. Yeah, you know that's a great way. You, you know, I'm glad you said that. That that's exactly what they're doing. That's exactly their modus operandi. They're going to give you okay, the so if you're Pablo, all day, and then they give you the Palomo at the end. That's what a way to go, uh, Pablo, right, Escobar. So if you get involved with him, it's not good. No matter what, he might give you Platino, but in the end, you're going to get the Plomo. 
right? It's, yeah. I mean, and that's just like, so he is a form of mafia and mafia are the people who control the game. Yeah. And there are a lot of parallels. I'm not saying the government's the mafia. I'm certainly not, not saying it. What I am saying is they do a lot of similar stuff. Um, so that's Coinbase. We got SEC hits Lindsay Lohan, Jake Paul, Soldier Boy, and others with crypto fraud charges. Oh boy. So these are all people who basically um they were advertising crypto. And this had to do actually with Justin's son. Where it's funny, I was just talking with Ju- about uh, hey, Justin's son. From, uh, from uh, uh Tron. Tron. Yeah, so Tron and BitTorrent. And so basically they're they're accusing Justin's son of wash trading, which yeah, why not? <clears throat> all those people are are you know doing that and they're doing it in everywhere else too you know they're doing it in wall street <laughs> wall street i mean it's wall like, street wash trades every freaking day yeah well it's okay if the elite it's okay when we do it yeah it's okay if the elite gives plots of notes to little boys but it's not okay when you know a regular joe blow does right so um so they're coming down on everybody who even touched trx and btt and advertised it which is why we don't give uh like investment advice. We never, I never, none of us, we never say, Hey, this is, you know, buy this. Like we never, ever say that. Um, I will look at the charts and I'll say, Hey, this looks like it might do this. It might do that. Do your own research, make your own decision, talk to a licensed professional. Um, here's another one. Uh, the white house, uh, slams crypto. I mean, look, this is four crypto articles in a row, all the way from the media attacking it to the banks, attacking it to the DOJ, attacking it. Everybody's going after crypto. And here's what it is. What's the GOP doing? To protect crypto, right? What's touching the, themselves? The what? Touching themselves? Yeah, exactly. They're taking the the platina. That's what they're it is. Pla- yeah. Well, they're also. I bet you they're buying the shit out of it because uh, they know what's coming. They know what's um, coming. They know what's coming. Not not to say that that's what anybody in the audience should do. You got to do your own research. Um, but uh, you know, if anybody was actually looking at uh, at the uh, what do you call it? <laughs> Darn it, the Discord. Uh, you would have seen that I traded and I traded live. Um, let me see here. This move up. I don't shoot. I wish I had the actual chart. Uh, let me actually. I, this was a, like, you know, a free bit of entertainment. And this is the kind of there, there is a little bit of this entertainment coming in uh, what VNR putting together. There's a little bit, um, you know, that's so uh, this is some fun things to watch. Some good entertainment. I made a trade and it was like this pretty cool trade, but it stopped out and it kind of looked like this. Let's see here. So that's like, a, it was like a four to one, five to one. So you put in, let's just say, um, so what that means is four to one, five to one. What does that mean? That means that, okay, see the green? That's your profit area. You see the blue? That's your loss area. Most people have that coded red. I coded blue, psychological reasons. But okay, so I lost, like let's pretend it was $100, right? But if I won the trade, it would have been 500. But Mm -hmm. I did see what was coming next and I re-entered and it was an even better risk to reward. It was like a six to one. Might've been a five to one. And I, I won that trade. Nice. And that was, and and I, Pretty sure I posted all this live on the Discord. I certainly did in my with my buddies. I have a, a group of buddies uh, you and I used to, you know, work with, and uh, they all saw the trade. And so basically, you know, this is like a form of entertainment and education where I say, "Hey, I'm going to do this. Do your own research. This is why I'm doing this." I list out all of the different metrics. I even talk a little bit about my algo, but I don't. I don't tell all about my algorithm. 
Um, but basically my algorithm told me to like get out actually, it, yeah, it was like right here and you can see price did go down. And then of course the FOMC was coming. So I kind of stayed away, um, from the market and the FOMC, you can see this big fat dump right here. I, I did a I did a gambly trade on the FOMC. I put like a little tiny amount. <laughs> Every time Jerome Powell opens his mouth, I swear to God. Say what? Jeez. Every time Powell opens his mouth. Yeah, every time he opens, dude. And it, and here's the thing: the rest of the market actually didn't take it quite as badly, but whatever, right? So, long story short, I was able to put. Uh, let's just pretend it was a hundred. It was actually quite a bit more than that um, on here, and to, I made about five hundred bucks on on a hundred. Now, if you had a thousand, that's a thousand to five thousand. And so, my my entire algorithm has been redesigned over the past seventeen months, eighteen months, to have the biggest risk to reward ratio possible. And then what I do is. Once I get in that trade, I look for these little pullbacks, right? And I have the same area where I want to take profit, you know, which was basically up here. And then I will add to the trade, like say like this little pullback right here, I'll add to the trade. It'll be a small risk where, where it was a hundred, it might be 20, mm. but that, that, that's, but my algorithm lets me do a tight, tight stop loss towards like a 10 to one. So I put a, if I put a hundred bucks in, then it makes a thousand. But yeah. 20 bucks in it makes you know two hundred dollars. And that's a little kind of mini add-on trade. So yeah, my algorithm is stiff. And so I'll be actually, you know, sharing some of those for entertainment purposes only. Um, and I'll share them before I enter them. And you know, that's that's coming in the future. But that's not just gonna happen on, you know, that that's gonna be a private thing. Um, mostly it's other stuff, but there's that that's what's gonna be involved. Uh, I don't know. Has anybody, we, we kind of talked a lot about stuff. I don't even know if we have a lot of time for charts. V, do we have time to go over for a chart or two for, for our, yeah, our people here? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So if anybody um, has a chart that they want to see, um, you know, please go ahead and let me know and I will do some charting. We'll see if we can give some people what I think is going to happen. And of course, you're going to have to do your own research and make your own decisions and talk to a licensed professional. So go ahead. And, and I, I'm looking at YouTube right now, by the way. Um, so, you know, <laughs> Hobo says, I'll pay you 20 to make me 200. Well, here's the thing about it. Okay. BT, I got you XRP. Um, Hobo, the way that it works for me is I'll risk 20 to make maybe a hundred or 200, but I might lose that 20 once or twice on the way. Right. So it's, you know, that's uh, it, it's like, you gotta be real willing to lose 20 and then like redo it again. Right. So it's, it's not so easy. Like that's trading is a, it's a psychological game. So let's look at XRP. Let me go over to a different chart and let's open this up. Well, that's a lot of, this is a test algorithm. It's not my algo. Uh, I usually don't have that much crap on the screen when I trade. Um, let's look at XRP. All right. So well, I'm going to not go too into depth on this because people start to like glaze over and, you know, I'm not going to do a whole class today. Uh, I will be, you know, classes will be available, but that not today. So here we go on the weekly chart. I'm going to go high time frame on this because it's important, right? So each one of these bars, each one of these, what they're called candlesticks, Japanese candlesticks. Um, and you know, I'm going to teach people what that is. Not today. Um, those who don't know, but each one of these candlesticks is one week's worth of price action. Right. Mm -hmm. And so XRP has been caught in this range and it was like, let me use my, my tool here. We'll go with the price range. This range kind of was established more or less like this blue kind of range. And there was a deviation from that range. And it got hit pretty hard and got back down into that range. But then it broke back upwards. Well, okay. Important structure point. 
people are going to want to sell right about here, right? So this might be kind of the top of a new range that might be developed. Price may head up back to like 54. There's been a big rally in the last few days. Um, price might head back up to 54. Um, you know, that's possible. Um, now the all-time high was actually on three dollars, but the most recent high was like a buck ninety. Um, I do expect as long as the lawsuit with the SEC kind of goes well, and I've been hearing stuff on that for years now, so I'm not going to guess on how that goes. If it goes well, I mean, I think Ripple could go anywhere. Any name a price, it could go there. Ten bucks, hundred bucks, depends on what it's going to be used for. One and rumor is billion dollars. One billion dollars. Um, but if I'm looking for a short-term target, I look at like say 54, 55, um, maybe a little below that actually. And then uh, maybe a midterm target around like 93. I know a dollar is going to be a tough nut to crack because it's psychological. Um, so, you know, but I think we are approaching, I think next year or maybe the year after we'll see an all-time high. Um, let me see, four-year cycle. So the halving is going to be next year, if I'm not mistaken, 2024. So it actually might be the year after that, like 25, 26. But in the next two, three years, we should see a new all-time high. I think it's going to go past the, uh, what is it, 68,000, 69,000 that I went to. Um, okay, so that's that gold charts Hobo asked for. Gold. I like gold. <laughs> uh, yeah, gold's been rallying. Probably a lot to do with, um, you know, all the craziness. This is a chart I drew a while ago. It's kind of a distorted cup and handle chart. I know cup and handle is memeish, but it still works because stuff works. Um, I had probably like the next big rally up. It, it's going to at least make a stop, I think. And again, just my guess, educational only, whatever, do your own research, all that. Uh, around 2,700, I think it'll make a stop there. Um, you know, it has rallied quite a bit in the last like few months. I'm sure it has to do with people, you know, the, the real heads knowing what's coming with the banks. So, it, you know, if we, if price can break and stay above 2100 for like, say six months, maybe a year, then I think the rally is coming, but it's got to stay above 2100 and it's got to stay there for a while. And it's got to even try to go back down and then come back up. Like I don't, it might break 2100 on a fake out and come back down, but it needs to, it, if it stays above 2100 for, six months i might think the rally's coming um what do we have next we've got okay oh silver silver's gonna look like gold and but it seems to be more volatile than gold um so i did a looks like yeah these are all charts i've done on the show before so it's kind of nice um and we get to see if my predictions are correct and eh, there's not been a lot of time since my last you know prediction um it you know this is a parabolic move over time with silver um, you know, we have the great financial crisis. I don't think it went to like 58 bucks, 50, it went to 50 bucks during the financial crisis, probably with premiums a lot more than that, but this is a parabolic move from what I can see. So, it, I mean, it's a, it's a loose parabola. It may not follow this, um, What's a parabola? parabola, yeah. Parabola is, um, just look it up. Um, but it's, it's shaped like this. Like, so it's a parabola is when price starts to really gain momentum and it FOMOs up FOMO is fear missing out. Um, so I would say that, yeah, it's, it, we're seeing a consolidation right now. So price is kind of just hanging out in this area. And as you can see here in this nineties to early two thousands area, price consolidated for quite a long time. And then it peaked up really hard. Same thing happened in the late seventies when there was the inflation issue, uh, price kind of consolidated for decades yeah. and then it, you know, leaped up. 
Um, so yeah, I think we'll, we're, I think we're witnessing like, and it really depends. Like, is the banking system going to fail? How soon does it fail? Silver will probably become like priceless at that point uh, because dollars won't be worth anything. So, you know, like $2,000 buys you like a like a spatula. And oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah. So you'll need yeah, a you spatula to, 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 you know, pick up your, your face from the pavement from the utter shock. Well, I'll put it to you this way in a relative sense, certainly within an order of magnitude and even, even like a tenth of that. A dollar basically, I'm sorry, a silver dollar, like an ounce of silver, an ounce of silver basically buys you the same amount of gas that it did 100 years ago. Yep. So it's just, you're watching the dollar, uh, the value of the dollar fall. So it's it's not really, and, and I know CJ is really good at, at remembering to point this out. It's not what the dollar buys you. It's going to be what people are willing to give you for what you got at that point. It's a form of barter. Yeah. And yeah, there'll be whatever, you know, we can, <clears throat> we can talk a lot about the theory, but let's move on to charts. Uh, Shiba Inu. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> what a shit coin hey man i'm i'm one of the largest investors of shit okay i'm kidding um there's i don't know people you know i'm not gonna I, i'm gonna call a shit coin but i could be wrong right so the same with the hex i think hex is trash but you know what hex can make a lot of people a lot of money so i'm not saying don't get it i'm just saying fundamentally i think it's trash um you know so that's fine there's all kinds of fundamental trash people make a lot of money on yeah um, exactly. so you know i'm not saying be don't pragmatic. buy pragmatic be pragmatic you know, if I can make, if I know Hex can make me a bunch of money, I'll buy it. Um, you know, I can't stand it. Yeah, Richard Schuler, what a tool. Um, Shiba Inu, from what His I'm seeing, it's not doing much. Heart. He has a heart. Yeah. He, could, yeah. he likes plot to know. So ah. <laughs> what we are seeing in the short term, and, and look, <clears throat> this is a daily chart, right? So a daily chart means each one of these candlesticks is one day's worth of price action. And what I see is a little concerning for the short term over the last two weeks, um, you have a formation that is bearish. And again, I'm not going to do a whole uh, clinic here, but when you have lower highs, what it means is that the buyers are getting less and less strength and the uh, bulls are are getting less and less strength and the bears are getting more and more strength, right? So that's what lower highs means. If I can find my stupid triangle, my triangle, it's kind of looks like this. And then you have this flat bottom where the the bulls do step in around the same point. And there's there's reasons I could talk about, but around uh, we'll call it what is that uh, a thousand sats? I think mm-hmm. I don't know. No, no, that's in cents. So whatever this ten <laughs> one thousand one hundred thousands of a cent, we'll call it ten seventeen. They keep stepping in right around that area, and then the uh, bulls buy up. And then the bears kick in and the bears keep kicking in sooner and sooner. Right. So basically I expect price to um, probably head down more or less to this, this base right here where this bottom, this big bottom of that candle is down to say nine fifty, if not down lower to say nine thirty. Uh, and then, and after that, I have no idea. Um, we got uh, Terra classic. Yeah. I'm not touching Terra. Uh, tectonic, I even heard of. Uh, I don't even know what the tectonic wasn't that the, te- the it'll be uh, if I can find the, tectonic. Uh, is is that, there is there a chart you want to see? V, you said tectonic wasn't that the 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 group that, that, back in the 90s talk about pump, pump a jam, pump, pump up. up the jam, pump it mm-hmm. up while your feet are stomping, yeah, and the crowd is bumping. Look at how the crowd is jumping, yeah, pump it up a little more, keep the party going on the dance floor because that is where the party's at, and something, something. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm from that era. Oh, wait, that's Togatronic. Sorry. No, it's it's Technotronics was the band. Oh, shit. Don't, 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 don't. Oh, yeah. Pump up the jam. Right before I get a copyright strike. <laughs> yeah, there he is. There he is. Um, Sandy B asked trash. Why is Hex trash? Well, I think it's trash because I think uh, I think Richard Schuler is trash for one thing. He owns most of it, from what I understand. So Hex goes up, he could just dump on you. Um, you know, that's a thinly traded market. If in fact what I've heard is true, and he owns 80, 90 or more percent of Hex, what'll happen is all he, the he's holding most of it, right? And everybody is trading like 2% of it. So the price can move really fast because it's thinly traded. Once it gets to a certain point though, what the main owner has the option to do is to dump on you. So you all are buying hex thinking you're going to become rich. And then all of a sudden Schuler dumps on you and disappears to Malta under a new assumed name. Yes. He's had a new assumed name. That's one reason why I think it's trash. Another one. What's the use? Hex is something that's just mimicking other cryptos and except the other cryptos like Bitcoin and Ethereum and all them, the other cryptos, whatever it's imitating, they already have a place. So, and, and here's another reason I think it's trash, dude, you got this guy spending, I don't know how much money, millions and millions of dollars on advertisements for his crypto. Mm-hmm. Like you don't see, dude, you don't see cryptos being advertised like that. You don't see cryptos like, except for maybe Bitcoin, except for a very large crypto that actually has backing. You don't see a NASCAR with like, you know, Tron on it. (laughs) And so Richard Schuler, dude, if it's a good crypto, it sells itself. If it's a good financial product, you don't have to convince people to buy it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Toyota. You don't, there's nobody going around saying like, uh, there's Vitalik isn't putting out ethereum advertisements you know what i'm saying right you know and on top of that here's a third reason why i think it's trash it's a freaking cult dude and and it's easy to become part of a of a cult because it makes you a bunch of money and all of a sudden this group of people have changed your life and you think you're a genius because you were in the market at the right time and you just held on to an asset you don't know nothing about trading you just bought it at the right time and, you know, and all of a sudden I got people and then one, and you know, what? I don't know a fourth reason why I think it's trash because the minute I attack it, I got a bunch of people saying, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so yeah, I don't see, I don't see any use for it. It's a, as far as I'm concerned, it's a cult. Uh, it, it, it advertises on a level I've never seen. You got mailers, you got bus ads, you got billboards, you got NASCAR, you got all this, you know, it's, you don't dude. it's as far as I'm concerned, it's a cult, but you know what? You can make money on cults. I'm making money on the right on the uh the the next Heaven's Gate cult. You know the guys who wear the the Nike shoes and the. <laughs> I'm gonna make money. Yeah. Dude, SNL had like a fake commercial, and it was like uh, it you know they had a video of the God you know God rest these people's souls. Um, you know they they had the silver blanket on the Nike shoes and all that. Yeah, and it was, <laughs> I think they I had a video that. of that. And at the end of the video, it fades into it says Nike, just do it. Just do it. (laughs) Back when SNL was awesome. (laughs) Two, yeah, back when it was half dumb, you know. Um, Yeah, so I don't know. Like I said, you can make money on a cult. You can. The cult leaders tend to make the most money. (laughs) Hobo's right. Rogue News is a cult. Hobo, you got me. I am a cult leader. 
That's why that's why the initiation we always say platino and plomo. Platino e plomo. E plomo. You get them both. Get them. <laughs> Actually, Eric, Eric just had it's Eric just had a great idea to launch a woke coin. <laughs> why not? <laughs> we'll I call like it gender coins. fluid, like we were gonna call oh, our uh, our energy our drink. drink. Our it's energy drink. Gender, uh, gender, gender fluid. fluid. Swallow the science. Absolutely. <laughs> Swallow the science. Oh. <laughs> I had I had to break that out right now. <laughs> uh, All right, I don't know, dude. I think we've seen enough. You know, should we should we offer one more chart? Do you, is there something wants, you want to see, V? Yeah, I want to see the I want to see the Pfizer chart. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see Pfizer. I have notes on the Pfizer chart. Let's see if they're still there. I had some notes. Oh, look at that oh. beauty! Jeez, I had I had notes. Uh, maybe they're gone now, but. Dude, okay, so the notes used to say, and I wish it was still on here. Maybe I'm looking at the wrong chart, but it said the gorilla said that it's gonna go down here, and it was like in the 50s. Yep. <laughs> oh, what about this one? Um Moderna. Oh, oh, oh. Moderna, who had no products ever. Ever. And had one product after having no products ever. <laughs> from 500 bucks down to 120 yeah wow all right this has been fun thanks for all the extra time i know i didn't get on last week so i just i had to i had to vomit no, it's all good everybody. dude it's all good i want to go grab some lunch what are you having ah uh, i have a special marinated chicken so my marinade is uh olive oil salt pepper brown sugar lemon Ooh. Uh, it's, uh, what do you call it? Ground coarse mustard. So dry mustard. Um, and I, you know, a couple other items, uh, oh, and some, uh, apple cider vinegar goes in two days, marinades mm. for two days, three is even better. It's supposed to be one day, but I let it go. And then, uh, I smoke it. I smoke it for 30 minutes. I actually put it on the barbecue first. Oh, when you say you smoke it, I was imagining you rolling it up in some sort of uh cigarette paper and yeah you have that or smoking it like platano but uh <laughs> that's that yeah that's that's lunch basically that nice. i got some uh, potatoes that uh that i kind of fried up so they're you know like they're chopped and fried up that's dope. i don't know i'll figure some other shit out how about nice. you what are you eating bro chicken potatoes spinach i'm trying oh, to... that's exciting yeah i'm trying to you know drop some uh some that sounds like a meal prep spinach. It is a meal this prep. This is like dude. meal prep. Did you meal yeah. prep? Did you make like a week's worth of that? And it's in like my, little plastic my, containers. Yeah, it's in a, it's in a, it's in a aluminum containers. It's in the in the in the freezer. My wife meal preps for me, so I just take it. I throw it in the air fryer. Ninja Foodie air fryer, greatest invention ever made. Let that bad boy cook. Then I have like my habanero chili flakes in uh, in uh, in extra virgin olive oil. I put that on top. A little bit of chipotle salsa. Uh, from Whole Foods, and it is on and popping. You know what hot sauce I love, dude? You know what hot sauce I'm in love with? Platano. Well, not that one, man. This oh, one. that's Look. that's white sauce. Ah! <laughs> Which one? What hot sauce do you like? This one. I'm gonna show you on the screen, bro. This. My mouth is just watering talking about this. Uh, General I, So. I it's it. called uh, General So. It's called ground, coarse ground mustard. So it's it's a powder that you can put in a marinade. Just. Anyway, go ahead, V. Right here, buddy. Truff. Truff? Huge huh? Is it like fan. organic and shit? 
Yeah, it's like truffle oil mixed with uh, uh, hot sauce. You get it at Whole Foods. You get it in a oh, lot of... Oh, uh... shit. I got to write Dude, that, too. It's so good. I got to get that. I... Dude, this is uh, the one they... I have right here. Truff. I got... Oh, Dude, so uh, have you ever had the, the truffle oil Marcona almonds? No. Oh, Dude, it's at uh, Trader Joe's if you have that. I uh, yes, we do. I have to go go get it. It's in a little pack. It's like not cheap. It's like five bucks for a little pack, but they're Marcona almonds, truffle, truffle oh, oil. Dude. dude, if you I like truffles, it. get that. I definitely gotta try it. Yeah, definitely. Love it. Yep. All right, folks. I'm gonna go eat. Make sure you get some truff. It's delicious. Get it at Whole Foods, it's a lot cheaper than this. Uh they're sometimes they have it on sale. You get it for like nine dollars, and you don't need a lot, a little bit goes a long way. And it is delicioso. Look at that. Mm. I'll tell you what, if, uh, if all things go well, we might have a pretty big announcement next week. Next week, I think so. You know, yeah, it's quite possible. Or we could just do it in the, we'll figure it out. Or we do it in the beginning, like the first day of the new month. The first we could. Monday. Because this way we could spend a whole week talking about it and then launching it on the third. We could do that. Yeah, because I, I, you know, you know, I'm traveling. Um, yeah. I get to Cali right around that time, so that'll give me, you know, like a week to. Uh, when are to, you back? To get down there. When are you going to Cali? I'm gonna go to Cali. Uh, uh, shit, uh, the first week Cali. April. I'll tell you what. Hold on. Okay. I'm gonna get there by the sixth, which means, and we got to go three days because we got uh, we got baby cowboy. Right. So that's gonna take you know some time. I'll, yeah. I think I'm gonna leave on the third. Okay, and get there on the sixth. I might actually. You know, I think I'm gonna leave on like the first or second and get there. Driving or flying? We're driving. We're, we're not, dude. After uh, COVID, they put yeah. so many chemicals on the plane. I'm not. I'm yeah. not taking my my one year old on that plane, dude. No, no I way. hear you, man. I hear you. So we'll we'll probably get to Cali by the by the third or fourth. We'll actually be there. Okay. So and and, then, you know, I got. When, so when we, you, I mean, I could work on the road, bro. It's you know, I could work. At, you know, even if I'm traveling, I could work. When that are was you the plan? When are you back? Uh, like towards the end of the month. Towards the end of the month. Okay, got it. No, I'm planning to work. I got. I, I'm set up down there to work. Oh, beautiful. Okay. Yeah. Right, we'll, not this. We'll, is not a vacation. I got you, my dude. Yeah. So okay. we we open on uh, we open if we open the first week of April, that works. That's what we should do if we can. Mm-hmm. Odolf Adolf says no one in Cali says Cali. What they don't? Not really. Hmm. Yeah, we don't say Cali. What do you guys call it? Uh, shithole. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I say, you know, man. I don't know. I say SoCal because people so from SoCal say SoCal. Yeah. Yeah. People from NorCal say NorCal. Um, you know, so that if you're going to say where you're from, it's going to be north or south because um, it's a pretty big state and uh, there's nothing in the middle. Um, so no, that's, you know, there's that. Right. Uh, so, yeah, people will say, you know, if they, oh, where are you from? Like, what state is it? California. You say the whole state. Gotcha. All right, brother. Yeah, call me for me. Call me for me, Wayne says. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, folks. Have a good one. We'll be back uh, tomorrow with Velas. Velas is on tomorrow. And we got Harley tomorrow as well. So it's ready to rock and roll. We might start a little early. Let me see what happens. And with that being said, we're over and out. Take it away myself. All right, here. End broadcast there. That's the button you press. Are you still live?